Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Koinonia Church Message Library. Our hope is that today's message encourages you, challenges you, and brings you closer to Jesus. We are confident that God's Word is living and active and is relevant for us today. Thanks for joining us. Enjoy the message. Well, welcome, Koinonia. Welcome this morning, those of you in person. Welcome to those who are connecting with us online as well. This is an exciting time in our year, not just because of summer, and we get summer holidays. Maybe some of you have already taken your holidays, but are you enjoying some more time of connecting with people in person? Are you connecting? Yeah, it is good to connect, isn't it? So good. This past week, I had a group gather at my house on, in the backyard on our porch, and they're a group that I meet with every Tuesday morning, and we meet together for prayer. And so it was fun. We said, hey, why don't we now meet in person instead of just on Zoom? And so we came over to my place Thursday evening, and we connected, and it was, it was fun to connect, and some of the people were meeting each other for the very first time in person. And that was a really cool experience. And we went around the circle and just shared, hey, this is who I am, and this is something maybe you'd find interesting. And, and that's what connection and, and connect groups are all about. We've been doing some backyard groups as well, and we've had them last weekend. There are some still this weekend, and you can register for them online at kcf.life and register for a backyard connect group. It's an opportunity for you maybe to meet somebody in person for the first time. Or you can see some people and say, man, you need a haircut now. <laughs> or you can say, wow, you look changed since I've seen you last. <laughs> but as we come this morning, we're continuing in our reshaped series in the book of Ephesians. We're going to continue to press into Ephesians and looking specifically again at chapter 5. Rebecca and I so enjoyed bringing the message to us last Sunday of chapter 5 and we specifically focused around verse 21. And as we brought that verse in the message, we, we recognized it was just kind of introducing and taking us to, to some insights, and there's so much to uncover. So we're going to go a little deeper this morning in these same verses that we brought before you last weekend. We just felt like we scratched some of the surface, but it's an important surface to scratch and keep digging into a little deeper. As we come to it this morning, I want you to remember that as we read the Word of God, may I encourage you to keep a kingdom culture mindset. May you come with a kingdom culture mindset and say, God, what is your heart in this text? Reveal to me, to us, your heart and your meaning. Because the outcome of the meaning of the Word should bring glory to God and bring insight and direction to our lives, and bring what we sang out, blessing and understanding, a fullness of God's love. So look to the word this morning for God to reveal his heart, because I also believe that as we understand his heart, we will get to understand his heavenly principles, his kingdom principles. And those kingdom principles, I believe, can redeem our culture and our world. Amen? They are principles that are eternal, long-lasting. They can redeem what's happening in our world. And so as we come to Ephesians chapter 5, specifically we're going to focus on the text that looks at the, the marriage relationship of husbands and wives together. And I believe out of this coming together of husband and wife, there's a powerful union 
And there's a powerful witness. I hope you will see both of the, the context and setting of both of those today. For the purpose of this message this morning is God has purposed for the husband and wife to come humbly and serve each other. And as they do, I truly believe God's design and desire is for the couple to experience fulfillment and blessing in their divinely inspired relationship. And they will be an incredible example or an incredible witness for the world to see. Here's what I see about God's desire for marriage. Marriage, uh, and something I'm becoming very evident in our room right now, is part of God's desire for marriage is to procreate and have kids. Can you hear some kids in the room? Kids are a blessing from God. They're a gift from God. And we thank God for kids. And so this morning as we press into the word, or maybe you're in your house and your kids are running all around you this morning, just keep singing the blessing song over them, right? Yeah. Thank you, God, for these children, my children, and wherever you take these children. And Yeah. But God has a great desire in marriage to do a number of things. Let me highlight and capture some of them. Mutual respect and honor is to be shown through submission to one another. That's something I believe God purposes in marriage. We're to function in complementing roles as husband and wife that are Christ-centered, that are Holy Spirit-empowered, and that will be mutually benefiting. We're not to behave like the world does trying to figure out relationships. In chapter 4, Paul was very clear about don't don't live like the, your old lifestyle. He said that will lead to hypocritical thinking, futile thinking. He said, no, come out of that and into God's culture. And marriage will reveal Jesus' relationship to the church as well. This is some of what I sense God purposes and puts within marriage. Our focus last Sunday on verse 21 is submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. And there's context for that verse to set up the next uh, 11 verses and into chapter 6 as well. Is this is how we are to treat each other, responding out of revering and worshiping Christ and therefore submitting to each other. So come now to verse 22. The heading, the context is uh, wives. And so let me read it out. Wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands and as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, his body, of which he is the Savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives submit to your husbands in everything. So let me bring some context from our verse 21 into Paul's teaching here to us. Again, the word submit, hupotasomenoi, might not mean anything to you. But the context and the meaning of it is this. Submit. Be subject to one another. Submitting yourself out of reverence for Jesus Christ. And it carries with it a context. A context of a, a military application. And the idea is place yourself and your rank under that of another person. As I look at this verb and, and trying to understand it and what Paul's getting at... He uses this verb very specifically, and the prefix is hupo. 
is come under another, willingly come under another to receive from them. It reminded me this week of uh, Luke 7. Do you remember the, the teaching or the uh, context where Luke captures a conversation of Jesus with a, a Roman centurion, a, a leader in the military army? And in this setting, this Roman centurion, who was not a God-fearing Jew, we don't even know that he was a follower of Jesus, but this man had heard about Jesus. And this Roman centurion had a servant who he valued greatly, and the servant was sick. And so the Roman centurion sent elders to go get Jesus and just tell him to heal, ask him to heal my servant because he's valuable to me. And so the Roman centurion went and, or just sent elders to go to find Jesus and bring healing. And what the centurion heard was that Jesus was on his way to his own house. And he quickly said, oh, no, no, no. I'm not worthy for Jesus to come to my home. Just ask Jesus, tell him to say the command. And I know that my servant will be healed and will be well again. Well, the messengers went and relayed this message to Jesus. And Jesus said, whoa, <laughs> this man, I've not heard faith like this in all of Israel. For this man said, I too am a man under authority. I know what it means to come under authority to receive from another. And what that man ended up receiving was by faith, he believed that Jesus could heal. And Jesus said, let healing be so. And the man's servant was healed. I recognize in this that there is a, a walking of submission, of reverence, of, of faith as well, believing that God, as we walk out his principles, he will do greater things. Choosing willingly to come under the advisement, the direction, the instruction of another out of faith postures us to see what God's going to do right before our eyes. So this brings us to the context of uh, verse 22, God's direction of wives, subject yourself, submit yourself to your own husband. I recognize this is coming out of a respect to God, to your own husband. Wives recognize that, that distinction. It's not to every husband. And I believe Paul's pointing out something very specific about the intimate relationship of a husband and wife. I often say this in a wedding ceremony between a man and a woman. There is no other relationship on earth like this relationship. There's something powerful that happens in a marriage relationship. And so Paul's words are asking wives to submit to their own husband, listening in, bringing your strengths, your skills to your husband and willingly submitting them for mutual discernment and understanding of what God is going to do in your relationship. In doing this step, wives, you're showing respect to your husbands as to the Lord, Paul says. It's like simultaneously as you respect the man God has brought into your life, you are also respecting and revering Jesus Christ. And I find it interesting that there's often a, a debate around these verses. There's, there's uh, tensions that rise up. And there's Ideas and thoughts that come to us not from God or his kingdom or his culture that try to distort what submission, what honor and respect looks like. That's why I love this next part. Submit as to the Lord. There's context in the kingdom of God of what this looks like. 
Wives are responding to their husbands in a simultaneous way of responding to Jesus Christ. And when they do, I believe God releases something even greater than a wife could conjure up herself or a husband could create in that relationship. You're going to hear when we get to chapter 6 that Paul says, in everything you do, do it as if you are serving the Lord. Chapter 6, verse 7. Everything you do, do it as if you're serving the Lord. And that's the idea he's, he's calling on wives to respond with. The larger context is do this to, to show honor to Christ. And so the understanding is, wives, as you come and submit yourself, your position, your role, and you offer your strengths and abilities, your gifts, your assets, then you can discern together as a couple, what does this mean? Where are we going from here? Now, I ask the question that's obvious, perhaps, to some. Could a wife do this on her own? Absolutely. (laughs) A woman doesn't need a man to discern, hey, I can figure out where I'm going in life and what I'm doing. But there's something powerful when we come in a relationship that God has ordained and planned and we submit ourselves to one another and say, God, we want to trust what you will bring to us as a couple together. As we tag team under you, worshiping you, what are you leading us in together? I believe it, it, it will, the result will be a powerful kingdom expression of what God designed in a marriage relationship. A temptation, though, very easily, and I've heard this philosophy in life, is, well, a wife might say, I'll respect him when he respects me. (laughs) And there's a lot of messy relationships that happen in this world that it feels like, I don't know how to respect somebody who's not respecting me. But I do believe God calls us to respect one another out of reverence for Christ And that releases his kingdom anointing and his power to work in relationships that we can't change. So let's carry on with these verses. Oh, before I do move forward, wives, as you're listening to this, women, as you're listening in, and this is going to apply to men when I get to the section on men as well and husbands. Verse 5, sorry, chapter 5, verse 18 said something to us that sets up our context. It was this. Be filled continuously with the Holy Spirit. That's how you live out this life of Christ, is to daily be filled with the Spirit. Do you remember that verse, verse 18? Because that's the only way possible to walk out God's kingdom purposes and plan. Now come to verse 23. For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, his body of which he is the Savior. Now many are tempted and falsely misdirected to think about what this term of head means. Some think it means authoritarian or domineering role. But I know what's right in the middle, the connecting verses that are here in this verse, the connecting words. Submit, uh, for the husband is the, the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church. As Christ So I ask the very question, how is Christ the head of his church? What does that look like when we're looking at Jesus Christ? Jesus was a protector of his church, one who spoke truth into his church, one who loved his church. This is the calling that Paul is saying, husbands do this as Christ did to his people. The function of the head that 
Paul's referring here to is more about taking responsibility, of leading forward. Not because another in the family couldn't do it, but I think it's a wake-up call for husbands to recognize they have a responsibility in the family. And we're going to get to some specific words on that. But as the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is, and I see such a beautiful submission of, of relationship that happens in this wording that we're given, because we see Christ's deep love for his church. Could the wife again do this on her own? Absolutely. <laughs> There's many women who are very competent leaders and accomplished in many ways. I recognize in this setting of marriage that there's again something powerful that happens when we recognize what God has called us to. God is positioning husbands in a role of intentionality. Let me give you an example of perhaps what this looks like of a husband as a head of the home leading in, the, in a way that's submitted. It was just a couple of years ago when our kids were teenagers and we had the desire to go on a family vacation in the summer. And so I had heard some comments in our home that, oh, it'd be really great to do a family canoe trip. <laughs> and so I love canoeing. I love camping. I love getting away. And so I thought, oh, yeah, maybe I should try and win over the rest of the family members and we can go on this canoe trip. Well, Rebecca doesn't always see a canoe trip as a vacation. <laughs> she thinks passionately about food and for our family and providing and what are we going to do? And there's a whole lot of work that goes into that. And she loves canoe tripping. Don't, don't get it wrong. She and I have had some amazing times together. But a, a canoe trip, sleeping in a tent and on the ground, well, some of you get the idea, it doesn't always feel like. So I tried, though, to convince the family and bring them around. <laughs> As we, the, the word started to spread amongst our kids, some of them were eager and excited and some of them were hesitant. And then one of them was like, absolutely not. I'm not going on a family vacation canoe trip. You can't even make me. <laughs> now, if I was a stubborn leader in our family, those would be fighting words, right? Oh, you don't think I can make you? <laughs> but that's not how God's calling me as a husband in my home came back to Rebecca and I, we talked it through, we then said to the kids this, we submitted the vision and said, what do you think a family vacation would like, like if we were to enjoy it together? Because we wanted to go away together, we wanted to relax, we wanted to enjoy some sun and some water. And so as we submitted this back together, one of the kids came out with an amazing idea and another suggestion and where we ended up getting was a house in the country with an in-ground pool for the week free of charge. <laughs> That sounds like a vacation, doesn't it? <laughs> Recognizing that I could have bullied and pushed my way through at the expense of what? But when I come back and say, oh God, what do you want for our family? There's something to happen in submission together. So now I look at verse 24. As the church submits to Christ, so also wives submit to your husbands in everything. Once again, we could go, wait that's unreasonable. Like, what are these words in everything? Put them back into kingdom culture. God is not going to ask you to do anything that would lead to sin, disobedience, dishonor. Wives and women recognize the context and setting. In everything is qualified within what is honoring to God. So thank you, God, that you are leading us to your kingdom culture and your mindset. 
We don't want to go in the opposite of what God's heart, where God's heart will be discovered. Are you with me? We want to go in a direction where we will discover God's heart and his blessings that he has intended to flow. So let me come to a summary of this. I believe when a wife responds to her husband, acknowledging that God has created him with purpose and an active role in their relationship, as he submits to, as she submits her ideas and thoughts and strengths, together they will discover what God has in store for them together. Now let me bring you to verse 25. This one's entitled to husbands. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by washing with water through the word and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain, without wrinkle, without any other blemish, but holy and blameless. I am deeply stirred by these verses. They carry significant weight to them for us as husbands. Do you acknowledge that? As husbands, they call on us to respond with a Christ-like love that I only believe is possible when the Holy Spirit is filling us and empowering us as husbands. We as husbands need to go back to chapter 5, verse 18 again and recognize that we need to daily be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit so we can walk out relationships in love. The word love is agapete. Are you still with me? Agape. Love as God prefers. Love as God will empower. Love and God will direct it. Love like Jesus loved. Love unconditionally, sacrificially, selfless. Men, you might, some of you are in marriage relationships right now, and you may think, huh, okay, I could do this. Some of you in relationships will think it's not possible. Some of your marriage relationships have broken and you're left wondering, I don't know where that leaves me now. I do believe the power of God's love is still to be present in our lives, no matter how healthy or how broken our relationships are. Stay in God's kingdom culture. Stay seeking the Father's heart because he's not done with you, even if your relationship feels done. And men and husbands, I want to call you to acknowledge that the wives in our lives, the women in our community, the daughters in our presence, they have not experienced this kind of love day in and day out. They are bombarded with messages from our community, our society, our world that makes them feel lesser, that makes them feel devalued. God has called us as husbands to love the women he has placed around us in respectful relationships, in ways where they will receive his heart back. This is a huge calling. I can't do it every day. There's, don't ask the women in my life, but I struggle. I mess up. I say things that are not helpful, not, not loving and caring. That's why he calls us in that context of submission, as we as husbands submitting to the Lord, so that we can love. It's evident in our society that It's not always understood to value and love women in our society. Women are treated subpar. They're given lower salaries, given positions that they're more qualified for higher positions. 
It's evident in families, the number of broken families, the number of marriages and that end in divorce. It's evident that women are not being loved as Christ loved his church. It's even evident in the church. Sadly, sacrificial and selfless love is not what continuously flows even in God's church. I'm calling us to do church and life differently. I'm calling us to do it so that the women around us feel holy. They feel God's purifying touch on their lives. They hear divine words spoken out over them. They feel radiant because of the way we treat them. They feel blameless and fully included. Husbands and men, when we love like this, the world is going to notice. <laughs> this is why Paul said the relationship of a husband and wife is like Jesus and the church. He wants the husband and wife to be so pure and holy and blameless and filled with the love of Christ that the world says, oh my goodness, I want to be in relationship with Jesus if that's what it looks like. That's what he's calling us to walk out as sons and daughters in the context of a world that thinks so radically different. In this same way, verse 28, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. Man, our time is ticking away. He who loves his wife loves himself. After all, no one hated his own body, but they feed and care for their body just as Christ does the church. For we are members of his body. It's verses 28, 29, and 30. Husbands, do you take care of your own body? Do you eat healthy? Do you intentionally exercise? Or do you just kind of go, oh, I'll just give up on this thing. It's not working anyway. Uh, there's no point in trying to take care of it any longer. If we let an attitude of apathy slip in any part of our lives, don't you think there's the uh, possibility that apathy might flow into something else? If we can't respect ourselves and who God's called us to, then how are we going to show respect to the wives and the women in our lives? God is calling us to more. And I'm not guilting you husbands if you just had a huge pancake breakfast this morning, okay? What I'm calling us is to live life intentionally. These words are sobering and real. May we sit up and take note of them and recognize, God, we want to walk out these marriages, these relationships with your heart and your kingdom culture in mind. Why I'm challenged to care for my body is because, because of this word of take care of your body, love your wife as you love your own body. And the illustration that came to my mind was that of twins. Is there any twins listening in today? Any twins around? When twins are little and young, they, they respond so well to each other, right? They want to dress alike, do everything the same. They stick up for each other. They protect each other. They want to, they, they're like each other. I think in a similar context of husband and wife, we should value our spouse in a similar way. I want to be like you. I want to build you up because you are special in my life. I want people to see God's love in you like they see it in me. Love one another. Love your wife as, as, you, as your own body and how you care for it. Paul even goes further to talk about this incredible union of husband and wife. He requotes Genesis 2.24. 
in verse 31. He says, for this reason, a man will leave his father and become united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. And we read that and just think it means, oh, come together intimately, sexually, to procreate and have children. But I believe God's got a whole bigger plan in that oneness of coming together as husband and wife. I believe there's something to be experienced out of unity when we submit to one another. We will experience an increased overflow of God's presence. But Paul says, recognize this is a profound mystery that I'm talking about. Because I'm actually talking about the church and Jesus Christ. But I'm giving it in context of of a relationship that you will understand and know. Let me give you one more illustration I have this morning about how this walks out as husband and wife together. And this is another illustration from our own family. It seems like we get put on on illustrations on Sunday. Sorry, guys. Um, But I told you a few weeks ago about when we had three children that were born to us and we felt like God wasn't done yet. And then we began to press in, and then we sensed that God called us to adopt. And so we did adopt a, a fourth child. And after a little bit of time, then that fourth child and part of our family, and, but we felt like there was still more. <laughs> what was God going to do more? And so Rebecca began to pray and wonder, and, and she said, Brian, I think, I think really we are to care for children who are in the fostering system, who've been abandoned, who've been left alone, who need a family to surround them with love. And I, to me, that just meant more kids. And I'm thinking, ah, I don't think we have time. I don't think we have budget. I don't think we could do this. I'm thinking, you know, thinking how a man thinks. <laughs> and yet, Rebecca kept growing on her over weeks, over months. And she said, no, Brian, I think we need to do this. And, and so she said, I think you need to get away and pray and see what God's saying in your heart. Because this is the vision I believe he's calling our family to. So I did take some time apart. I prayed. And I was looking for a yes or no answer. Just tell us yes or no. And what I truly heard, not an audible voice, but I heard God speaking to my spirit, is yes, it'll be a boy and a girl. And I'm like, that doesn't make sense. We're only prepared for boys. God, you're not going to ask us to do something that doesn't make sense, right? (laughs) But I came home and I shared this news with Rebecca. And she was like, whoa, my goodness, okay. And then we shared the news with our kids. And we said, this is where we think God is taking us as a family. This is the vision we submit before you. But we believe God wants to accomplish something greater out of this vision. And so the kids responded with enthusiasm. They're like, more kids? Yeah, that's just going to be great. And I remember Nick was doodling on the table on something. And he doodled the words, choose life, while we were talking about this vision. He just held it up and he goes, this is my answer. (laughs) Let's choose life. Let's give kids more life. So that took our family on an amazing journey together. We did speak with Family Children's Services, said, yep, we're in, let's go. And so they did the training once again to see if we were competent to be parents. And and we carried forward with it. But we said, we're only prepared for boys. Well, we had a little boy in our home for like six months. He was amazing, incredibly loved on him. And then we released him back to his birth mom. And then the agency called and said, we have a baby that's going to be born in two days. She's a girl. Will you take her? And our response is, well, we choose life. We want to love on the kids God brings into this world. But how do we do this? We're not ready for girls. (laughs) We're ready for, uh, but God, we submit to your vision. So when she was two days old, Rebecca went and picked her up at the hospital and she came and joined our family. 
And I can't tell you how much her love for us touched our hearts. You often think, oh, it's foster parents. Woohoo, way to go. You're loving on kids. But there was a little girl that God brought into our family that her love for us melted and spoke the Father's love to us over and over again. And that's just a little insight to the story because that little girl was with us for a year and a half and then she went to her forever family. And her forever family got to wrap her, their arms around her and do life together, but she's still here in this Koinonia community and we still get to do life together. And I share this illustration with you as I close this morning. Because I don't think we have half an ounce of the vision and ideas that God has in store for our lives. We try to fashion and live our life in a way that it'll work out well for us. <laughs> that things will go smoothly. There won't be too many difficulties. But I believe there's something powerful in these words of submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Trusting God by faith that he will lead you as a husband. He will lead you as a wife. He will lead you in broken relationships. He will lead you if you are single. I still believe there's something powerful when we submit to Christ. He will accomplish greater things than we can think or imagine. I'm going to ask you bravely now to pray and submit to the Lord. And say, Lord, here's my life. Would you speak to me now out of what, Holy Spirit, you want me to receive? I invite you to pray. you created every one of us with purpose. God, we know you've called us to submit to you first out of our love for you through Jesus Christ, who could be our Savior and Lord. Father, if there's anyone listening in within this room, within earshot of my voice online, that has not yet submitted their life to you, may you, Holy Spirit, just invite them to come to you and receive your love, your forgiveness, and the healing that only you can bring. Father, as we read this text this morning, we see some powerful callings. And God, we want to trust you. So wherever a prayer was prayed out in the last 30 seconds of, oh God, I wanna do life your way, but I just don't know if I can, Holy Spirit, breathe into them. Just like we took a big breath at the beginning of our service. Breathe life. Pour out your love. Speak out your words of value and affirmation. Father, may people sense your presence and your love. And may they submit to you in this way so that you can unleash your power and your purposes for their life. I pray in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody in agreement said, 
Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us on the podcast today. We want to encourage you to let the Holy Spirit sink today's message into your heart, to let it transform you and bring new life. If you want to learn more about Koinonia, you can go to kcf.life to get connected. Thank you for being a part of our community. If today's message encouraged you, we would love for you to rate it and review it and share it with a friend. We love you. Let's continue to build God's kingdom together.